You're listening to The Stick Room Show, episode number 123. In this episode, I'm speaking to Tom Martin on how to market your online business with YouTube. Welcome to The Stick Room Show. I'm your host, Sigrun, creator of Samba, the MBA program for online entrepreneurs. With each episode, I'll share with you inspiring case studies and interviews to help you achieve your dreams and turn your passion into profits. Thank you for spending time with me today. Building an online business takes time. I share with you proven strategies to help you get there faster. You'll also learn how to master your mindset, up-level your marketing, and succeed with masterminds. Today's guest is Tom Martin, who is a certified YouTube expert in audience growth and digital rights. He has worked with some of the largest companies to grow their YouTube channels. And now he also helps online entrepreneurs to grow their businesses with YouTube. And since I want to focus more on my YouTube channel, and I know you might want to do that too, I invited Tom on the show. But I also have a gift for you. Not just one gift, but 12 gifts for the 12 days of Christmas. I'm sharing 12 of my most powerful strategy-packed webinars from my membership site. Everything you need to turn your passion into a profitable online business will be in there. Go to sigrun.com forward slash 123 to sign up for free. And there you'll also find links to Tom and show notes of this episode. I'm so excited to be here with Tom Martin. Uh, he was at the Upreneur Summit like myself, but unfortunately we didn't speak, but I was very good at Googling everybody <laughs> after the summit to try to figure out what I had missed. And then I contacted Tom and said, hey, I would love to do an interview with you about YouTube. And luckily you are here today. Thank you, Tom. It's an absolute pleasure to be speaking to you today. Thank you for having me. So you teach entrepreneurs how to get going on YouTube. Is that correct? Yes. Well, not just entrepreneurs, because there's quite a large amount of people that want to do YouTube that haven't got quite the same entrepreneurial mindset as someone like you or I. There's some people that just want to do it for a hobby, or there are some people that just want to be a YouTuber. And so I try to help anyone basically that's trying to either get started or take their YouTube channel to the next level, basically. So how did you get to where you are today with YouTube? Well, I, I've got a bit of a kind of a, a backwards YouTube story because most people will say I was in my bedroom making videos and then I kind of accidentally turned it into a career. Well, I kind of totally fell into my job. So in my nine to five, I work for the world's largest independent TV production company looking after their YouTube and social strategy. And before that, I did the same for the BBC here in London for about five years. But before that, I had zero experience, absolutely zero. I'd in fact only ever uploaded one video to YouTube and that was the day before my interview for the job. And that was just in case they tried to test me on what buttons I needed to press. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I totally lagged the interview for that and managed to get an opportunity looking after and launching some new channels for the BBC. Uh, so within my first few weeks, I'd launched uh, the official Doctor Who channel, which was a 
pretty interesting, especially seeing as I'd never watched an episode of Doctor Who before in my life. So you can see there's a trend here of me just kind of blagging my way through things. But really the kind of learning is that I didn't know anything. Within the first few weeks, I'd learned the buttons. And then I pretty much spent there until now really kind of mastering the platform, knowing how to optimize in terms of SEO, how to optimize in terms of getting clicks from viewers, and then the content side. So helping people to make the most suitable content specifically for YouTube and how to keep people engaged and watching and coming back again and again. So now I try to use all of the lessons that I've learned in my nine to five to help people get better results on YouTube, basically. I find it very inspiring how you kind of jump into the deep pool, like we say in Iceland. (laughs) The cold pool in Iceland. A very cold pool. Yeah. Well, actually, we heat our pools. Mm. They're all outdoor pools, but they're Clara. heated. So, yeah. But it can be scary to jump in a deep pool, but you do that seemingly again and again. Yeah, well, I think it's the best way to learn, really, is through practice. And one of the things that I kind of pride myself on is that I've, in my six years of pretty much using YouTube every single day, I've just been able to do and learn by seeing what works and what doesn't, trial and error. You know, I've uploaded thousands and thousands of videos to YouTube. So I've seen what works, what doesn't work. I've got access to a lot of data. So I get to see on a larger scale, again, what trends work, what trends don't work. Really from, like you say, just jumping in the deep end and getting your fingers dirty, getting your hands dirty, it's the best way to learn. Because one of the great things about YouTube is you know, there's always another video to upload and there's always another opportunity. So even if you have one kind of one mistake, you can easily recover from it. Yeah. Well, there are many entrepreneurs, they are looking for some uh, quick wins and, you know, fast tracks. And we know, of course, about the get rich quick schemes. Mm. We're not talking about those yet here, but how can someone get started on YouTube and get some traction relatively fast? I know it all takes time. Yeah, YouTube, I'd say of all the platforms is, is one where you really do need to have some patience. But there are some things that you can do to... Give yourself a bit of a head start, shall we say. I definitely don't think there's any kind of shortcuts, but there are some things you can do to help. Firstly is keyword research. So I'm not sure how much you've spoken about that in the past, but it's something that I'm very passionate about. So in the most basic of terms, it means finding the terms that people are already searching for. So what are people searching for on Google? What are they trying to find? And then making videos that target that, Uh, search term to make sure there's like a guaranteed audience already so that you're not scrambling around in the dark to try and think of topics that your audience might want you know exactly that there's an audience for it and you know exactly how to optimize your videos so that you're targeting those keywords specifically and are more likely then to show up because early on unless you've got a significant following on other platforms there's no way you're going to get found unless you're targeting those search terms and targeting those well. Um, So that's really important. Another kind of quick win you could do is some paid media. So I'm not talking about, you know, buying views on Fiverr or anything like that. I'm talking about running like an actual AdWords campaign on YouTube and getting views on the official platform. And you can target really, really well um, so that you're not buying kind of empty views. You're targeting an audience 
that maybe you're already targeting on Facebook or that you are targeting already on AdWords, just not on video. So that's definitely something I would recommend. And you can use all of your kind of retargeting pixels from your Google Webmaster tools and stuff like that. You can add your email list just like you can on Facebook. So you can really target your audience on YouTube as well. But in all honesty, what I usually tell people on YouTube is that you really be prepared to work for a number of years, <laughs> unfortunately, without getting huge results. It really is a, a long-term play. So I would be aware of that going in. Obviously, there are going to be some outliers. If you're particularly excellent on video, then that's going to be a head start. If you have one video that particularly goes viral, then that's going to help. But I wouldn't kind of rely on that as a strategy. And also, like I said before, if you've already got a significant presence on other platforms, if you've already got a good sized email list, if you've already got a good following on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, whatever it may be, it's a really good opportunity to try and get people from one platform over to YouTube. Yeah, this is pretty much similar to what applies to starting a podcast or starting to blog. You know, not just talk about whatever, actually know that your audience will like what you want to talk about, having good titles. Yeah. I think actually one of my most viewed videos is most viewed because I actually run Facebook ads mm -hmm. to it. I don't know many online entrepreneurs that actually use YouTube ads, but you are recommending it even for, what I say, smaller businesses? Yeah, uh, yeah, definitely. Because normally we see it's only from big companies, the YouTube ads. Yeah, so what I would probably not recommend is buying up the the kind of skippable ads that play before videos because usually people are just waiting to press that button. You have to execute that really, really well to capture someone's attention in the first five, six seconds. Instead, you can buy what are called like discovery ads. So that will be either the next suggested video or that will be the first suggestion in the search results. And then you can target the keywords that you may not be ranking for organically yet, but you can target those audiences and they're a lot cheaper. And also once someone has clicked, they've showed an intent that they want to watch a lot more of your video than just kind of showing up before someone's video that they're waiting to watch already and trying to kind of interrupt them. Instead, you're just being discovered and you're then much more likely to convert that person into a subscriber or maybe a business lead or getting someone to your email address, something like that. So when you are uh, managing all these videos for, used to do it for BBC, now for independent company, what is the goal? Is just to have people view or actually go and sign up for email address like online entrepreneurs want it? So in my current roles and my role before that, pretty much it was to get views so we can monetize through the AdSense mm. that play around the videos. Also, a big part of it was marketing. So not so much trying to get people's email addresses, but trying to get people to visit a certain website or watch a certain TV show or buy a DVD. So there's still a lot of things that are relatable. On my YouTube channel, trying to get people's emails address is a very big thing. And also I've worked with a lot of independent creators as well. And obviously they're trying to get email addresses. One kind of word of warning is if you've used Facebook a lot before or any other platform and YouTube is new to you, YouTube is no different in that they want people to stay on YouTube and you will be rewarded for keeping people on YouTube longer and you will be kind of punished uh, for sending people off. So a big metric that YouTube tracks is how long a session is. 
Um, so if you can get people to watch an hour's worth of video, you're going to be rewarded. Even if they go off and watch other people's videos, if your video was the first video that they watched or you are the person that brought them to YouTube, you'll be rewarded. So what you need to do is try and find a balance between getting people to watch more videos and then getting people onto your email list. So you probably want to find a ratio that's comfortable of maybe four or five videos to one where you're trying to get people onto your email list. So mm. for every three videos where you just try to get people to watch more video, that one extra video would be where you might try and really go hard on a call to action to get people to a landing page. Okay, that makes absolute sense when you say it. You know, I guess people can think it through when they're uploading videos and they think of every video as an opportunity mm -hmm. for a big call to action. So would you say that playlists or how would you, for instance, be able to do this in a way that works well for online enterprise? If I do a playlist of videos, and I have a series of videos and the last video is the strong call to action. Do I not mention it at all in the other videos or do I just keep it a little bit kind of a soft call to action? Yeah, I would say you can probably keep it as a soft call to action in quite a few videos. There are opportunities in the middle of videos where you can point to like a card that will come up. And also you can leave links in your description, which are not going to get a huge click through rate. But for those people that really are interested and want to know more, they will seek out those links. But what you really want to do is find a video where the call to action is most relevant. So if you have a video that is specifically about starting a podcast, for example, and you've got a free podcasting lead magnet, then I would save that call to action for the video that was really, really specific. And to get the maximum click through, what I would do is, like you can see me now, I would have a clickable call to action and you can do that by associating your website with your YouTube channel and then I would say so if you can imagine this little picture here behind me for, for yeah. those who are just yeah. <laughs> listening to yeah. and watching there is a picture in the background <laughs> yeah, so, <laughs> and Tom is pointing just like he would be doing a YouTube video yeah so what you would do you'd leave a space for where you could put in a clickable widget and then you want to physically point to that widget and say if you found this video useful and you'd like to know more about starting a podcast, point and then you say, click here to get my free course on how to start a podcast. And that little physical point and making it absolutely clickable, it's just going to get that slightly better click through rate than saying there's a link in the description or go to podcastcourse.com dot co dot uk or whatever it may be so physically point you know people are good at following instructions um, so if you're giving someone a physical and a verbal call to action at the same time it's going to get a much stronger click-through rate and then alternatively on those videos where you're not trying to get people off site you want to do exactly the same thing but you want to say if you found this video useful then i've got a follow-up video about how to get more downloads for your podcast and you can get that by again you point by clicking on this video and then you can program a clickable video at the end of your youtube video and again that's going to get the maximum click-through rate mm -hmm. it makes absolute sense when you say it and we see a lot of people doing it but i guess online entrepreneurs at least myself i am not i'm only using the description below <laughs> mm -hmm. it's pretty easy to yeah. do when you upload the video on youtube itself this clickable yeah, yeah. So widget yeah, so YouTube gives you a, a little programmable widget called end screens where you can point to a video 
or a playlist, your website, if you've associated it to your YouTube channel, a host of different kind of merchant websites like Cafe Press, Ticketmaster. There's a whole list that you can link to. And you can also link to somebody else's channel and you can also make a subscribe button. So those are the options that you have for the end screen. Mm. Now, one of my clients is a musician. I would think that YouTube is... I know it's great for us online entrepreneurs, but for a musician, it's kind of a must-have to be on YouTube and use that for, could you sell CDs? How would you recommend that she does it? Yeah, so you can link, without associating anything, you can link directly to iTunes or Google Play just as a default. If he has like a Shopify store or a Cafe Press store or something like that, then you can link to that directly. Depending on how they're selling CDs, though, you probably want to have a landing page on your website and you can then associate your website to your YouTube channel and then link directly to that. It depends how yeah. how you're selling your items, but it works the same for if you're selling a course or an ebook. you probably want to send someone to a page on your website and then you can, depends on how advanced you are or not, you can track them try and get them on your email list. And even if they don't buy at that point, you can get them to buy further down the line. Yeah, and you said you can retarget and everything with these YouTube ads as well, the discovery yeah. ads. Yeah, so you can not only retarget from like an external audience, but you can also then say, I want to serve this ad to anyone that's watched one of my videos previously or anyone that's watch one of my videos but has never subscribed so depending on your goal you can also retarget people within the kind of youtube ecosystem based on actions that they've taken you can also target your competitors videos oh. so if you <laughs> if you wanted to if you've got a similar sound if you're a musician and you've got a similar sound to somebody else you can target a similar sounding band with one of your songs you know if you're selling a podcast course you could maybe target Someone like Pat Flynn, John Lee Dumas, Cliff Ravenscraft, someone like that. Or you can just target one specific video. So if there's one specific video that is doing really well and you just can't rank above it, then you can serve ads around that one specific video. You just It's as simple as copying and pasting the URL. So obviously the more targeted you are, the more expensive the ads are going to be. But generally, if you're running a decent campaign, you can get views for as little as, as a couple of cents. Wow. But I feel many of my clients, subscribers, listeners, we all live on Facebook. How do you get people on YouTube? Are, are you serving a different audience on YouTube? Are you serving people who are already hanging out on YouTube? Yeah, this is a bigger question because it's really hard to send people between the two platforms because Facebook likes to keep people on Facebook and YouTube likes to keep people on YouTube. Depending on the mechanics of your videos, really there's no reason you couldn't be uploading a native version on Facebook. Rather than trying to get one person to one platform versus another, just make a slightly different version and upload that natively to Facebook because Facebook is pretty much a video platform almost entirely now. Any of your audience that are trying to run a page will know that by uploading a video natively, they're getting a lot bigger reach by uploading a video than by uploading an image or a text post or a GIF or especially an external link, which can really plummet the reach that you're getting. So what I would do again is make something specific to Facebook. So you might create your course or you might create your video. And instead of the end saying, 
pointing and saying, click here, you'd have a specific Facebook call to action that might say, if you haven't already, don't forget to like this page. And to learn out more, there is a link in the post copy above, something like that. Or the first comment will be a link, something like that. I wouldn't just copy and paste the exact video from YouTube to Facebook because one, the call to actions are not going to be as strong. And two, I think people know when you just repurpose something directly and they don't really like it. They like to be given credit as the Facebook audience or the YouTube audience. And you want to talk about the mechanics of that platform. So you might say, give us a, a laugh out loud reaction. You know, something that is specific to Facebook or give us a share, which obviously on Facebook is is really powerful and a lot more powerful than it is on YouTube. Mm. So do you feel like in your role as first being in charge of a YouTube channel, does it mean that you're also doing Facebook now or is this I am still... doing Facebook now, yeah. <laughs> Facebook is relatively new to me, probably in the last six, seven months in terms of being on it every day and really focusing on video. Again, I'm very lucky that on a day-to-day basis, I am in control or I oversee one of the world's largest Facebook pages that has over 75 million likes on it. So (laughs) again- (laughs) That's a good position to be in. I get to see a lot of data and I get to test things. And firstly, video is huge. I think the average reach of a general post on Facebook in general is around 6%. But we've been seeing when it's a video, we can get up to maybe 20% organic, depending on the video and you know how timely it is, how good it is and stuff like that. And also there are some slight differences in a video that you would upload to Facebook than YouTube is mainly due to the, the way it's consumed. So for a YouTube video, you've either made a search or gone to one of your favorite creators and you've made a conscious decision to click and watch a video. Where on Facebook, you're just scrolling through your feed and it's kind of passively passed in front of your eyes. And so with Facebook, you need to attract someone's attention in the first three seconds, if not the first second. So there's no way that you can just upload that same video to YouTube, uh, from YouTube, unless the start of the video is like bang really engaging so Mm. we definitely optimize the start of all of our videos to make sure that they kind of stop people in there thumbing up through their through the feed because otherwise you're just going to get even if you get in front of someone they're just going to pass straight by you so yeah you really need to have that first few seconds in mind and also be in mind that i think 75 percent of views on facebook are done without audio as well so it needs to be a visual something that stops them in their tracks and at least having caption file enabled so that the words are kind of playing on screen is going to help too. That is not as important on YouTube, is it? The captions? No, it does help in terms of SEO because then all of the script of the video is indexed, which can help. It's not going to move the needle hugely, but it it will definitely help. But no, it's not as important because people are, I doubt there's many people that are watching YouTube without the sound on. Yeah, it doesn't make any yeah. sense when you think about it. What about the whole, when you come to a channel and there's this great cover photo on the top and then there's like a playlist and organized and you, you feel it's like full of juicy stuff to dive into versus 
some YouTube channels, probably mine included, where it's like, well, it's not so full and the cover photo hasn't been updated in a while. Do you think this makes a difference? I think it does probably, yeah. but how, how do I get there? How do I get there to having this really, really all fleshed out? It's hard to track whether that's important or not. But what you will find is that most of your subscribers on YouTube don't subscribe through a video watch page. So they, they're not usually on the page and then they just click subscribe. What they usually do is think, okay, well, before I make that decision to subscribe, what I'm going to do, I'm going to go and check out their channel and see if their other videos are as good as this and as useful as this and if they seem professional or if they haven't uploaded in five years, something like that. So yes, I would argue that it is very important. And it's actually quite easy to appear a little bit more professional than you may be because... You know, it only takes maybe four or five videos to fill out a kind of a section or shelf on that page. So it's quite easy to make a playlist of four or five videos that you can then fill up your page quite easily. The cover photo or the cover art or the channel art is quite important. But if you're not of the design mind, you can probably pay someone to do that for you quite cheaply. I think it's really important to get over the, to kind of sell what the channel's about in that artwork. So if it's about cooking, then you obviously want lots of nice food pictures. If it's about gaming, you want lots of nice gaming pictures. It can be quite tough when it's about business or something that's a little bit less visual, but I'm sure there's an image of you somewhere where you're sat at a computer or something, you know, you don't want it to look like a horrible kind of stock image, but you do want it. You, you do want to have it kind of in your natural habitat. So whether that's you, you know, with your earphones on in front of your microphone, something like that. And if it's hard to do through a visual, then you might want to have some text that very succinctly sums up exactly what the person can expect from the channel. Another great way to back that up is with a trailer. So just a 30 second video that tells exactly so these trailers, you can program it so it will play to anyone that visits your channel that's not yet subscribed. So you can tell them exactly what they can expect from the channel. You can show them highlights of your best videos. You want to get a little bit of your personality into that video so it doesn't seem too dry or too serious. And all throughout it, you want a strong call to action to get people to subscribe because that's what that, that trailer is really all about is just getting people to subscribe. What should someone expect, you know, you say it takes years to grow a YouTube channel. It's also something we look at when we're doing podcasting, like how many downloads and things like that. You know, let's say I put effort and started to upload three videos a week and would really put effort in my channel. What is a good subscriber rate? That's kind of like a how long is a piece of string kind of question because it depends. If you're making a gaming channel, then the audience is tens of millions. If you're making uh, videos about how to fix engines of speedboats, your audience is a lot more narrow. So what is a really good subscriber rate for you might be really bad for somebody else and vice versa. So what instead I would look at is setting yourself some kind of bespoke goals to say, okay, well, my product is really high ticket item, so I only need a certain amount of leads to make this whole YouTube operation worth my while. So, you know, if I get X amount of views a month and then I can get X percentage of those people to my landing page and then X percent of those people convert, then you might say, well, I only need 300 views a month to be able to 
make this pay for itself and then as I grow it's all kind of um, extra revenue after that so it really does become quite unique to you and this is what I always say as well is that you should have these goals ready before you even start because how do you know what success looks like if you don't know whether is a thousand subscribers to you worth a hundred thousand dollars a year or do you need a million subscribers because you're talking to beginners and you only have low ticket items to sell you might only have an ebook to sell so yeah that's a tough question but um, once you start getting to a certain subscriber level obviously once you hit like a thousand ten thousand subscribers there's a certain amount of social proof there so people come to your channel and say he or she has got 10,000 subscribers so he must be quite good also it means that you start to unlock some benefits there are certain features that are only unlocked to a certain amount of subscriber levels when you get to 10,000 subscribers you can start to use the YouTube studios to film your videos and stuff like that you get invited to certain programs and teaching and you even get kind of one-on-one -on -one help from YouTube at, at some point so Yes, it is important to grow your subscriber rate, but you know, don't get too worried about the numbers and comparing yourself to somebody else. Unless that person is kind of a direct competitor in which you might say, well, they've already kind of shown me that there's an audience, so I should really be at that level. So that's something that yeah. might be useful. Now, I guess in order to track also the subscribers coming from YouTube, you should make sure that you have the link unique so that you know if this is really worthwhile. Yeah, or you can, I think you can, I'm not particularly great at tracking stuff, but I think like you can probably set up a goal in Google Analytics to say how much of the traffic is coming from here that is converting, or you can send them to a unique landing page that is only being linked to from YouTube. So you might have one copy of one of your landing pages that only comes from YouTube. So then you know that everyone on that page where they've come from and then you can see how that converts compared to the the traffic that's coming from your podcast or from organic search or from one of your articles or something like that cool so what is the most viewed videos that you have uploaded from one of my own personal channels it's probably about twenty thousand videos and that was there was basically a new feature that came out on youtube and i was the first person to be able to get a video up about it so that's a good lesson is be timely in my day job, the biggest video was probably, we did about 18 million views in about a week. And that was a helicopter crash. So, you know, that's pretty, <laughs> that's, a, that's another great uh, tip is to have something that's pretty remarkable. And that yeah. was pretty remarkable, pretty shareable, but also it had, we made sure that it had a really great thumbnail and a really shareable title to make sure, because one thing that I always say that just having good videos is not enough anymore. They have to be great, but they also have to be well optimized so that they get discovered and they get clicked in the first place. Because you could make the world's best, you know, you could make the Godfather and put it up on YouTube. But if no one finds it, then you might as well not have made it. So one of the things that I really, really preach is optimizing everything for the platform as much as possible to get discovered and to get watched. Mm. It's been wonderful to talk to you, Tom, and I bet we've made a lot of people curious how they can take the next steps on YouTube. 
How do people find you online and possibly some links to some more juicy material about how to become a better YouTuber? Yeah, so you can find a lot of really in-depth free guides at faqtube.tv. And if you go to faqtube.tv slash start, there's a whole free guide, lots of videos uh, from how to start up a YouTube channel from day one, how to set up an account, all the way through to publishing your first video. That's for the beginners. And if you're a little bit more advanced, if you go to optimizationebook.com, I've recently published a book on Amazon and that teaches you how to really optimize all of your videos specifically for the YouTube platform to get more organic views and subscribers and revenue, stuff like that. Wow. Thank you, Tom. I bet you'll get a lot of new visitors. I will probably <laughs> one of the first. <laughs> well, I did browse your website, but now I will dive into it further. I definitely want to up my YouTube game in the coming 12 months. So thank you, Tom. It's been a thank pleasure so to talk to you. Thank you so much for having me. And um, got any questions, find me on Twitter at FAQTube. I'll be happy to answer. I have a gift for you. Not just one gift, but 12 gifts for the 12 days of Christmas. It's my most popular free giveaway, 12 days of webinars. I'm running this for the third year and you don't want to miss this one. I'm sharing 12 of my most powerful strategy-packed webinars from my membership site for free. Everything you need to turn your passion into profitable online business will be in there. Go to sigma.com forward slash 123 to sign up for free. And there you'll also find links to Tom and show notes of this episode. Thank you for listening to The Sigrun Show. Did you enjoy this episode? If you did, please share, subscribe and give the show a review on iTunes. See you in the next episode.